0: Around drops. Gavahua trying to make up for it. Fire to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Welcome back into second and twenty-six. Your dedicated Alabama podcast here on the Athletic. I'm your host, Aaron Subbels, the Alabama beat writer for the Athletic. You can find me. At WJOX 94.5 every Monday through Friday from 10 to 2. Of course, I'm coming to you the day after Alabama's 35-16 win over Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, A a game that was sort of kind of not really boring, I would say. But um, I I, I label it this way. I don't think Alabama played very well. Um, I don't think, especially in the first half. Uh, And I had a friend when I sent that message. I said, Alabama didn't play very well today. And, And the friend responded, uh, they played horrible in the first half and they played great in the second half. So it averages out to, okay. So maybe that's the best way to put it. Is they played. Okay. Um, in, in the article that I wrote for the athletic, which you could find up at the athletic uh, today, uh, I didn't, it wouldn't be an a, and it, it wouldn't really even be a B performance in my mind. If you know, maybe a B minus I would give Alabama, but regardless, they get a 35, 16 win. it was significant for a number of reasons. Um, historically, Uh, For Alabama, it's the ninth consecutive season of 11 straight wins, which is just incredible. Nine straight years where they've won 11 games. Now, I know the season has been expanded to 12 games, but I I don't care. That is remarkable. It may never be approached again, although Ohio State, I believe, has cranked out a few of those 11-win seasons by themselves. But Alabama right now, uh, um, nine of those 11-win seasons in a row – and that's the most in the modern era of college football and it's not close. So hats off to to what Nick Saban and, and the universe, University of Alabama have accomplished. It's been incredible let's Let's break down the game a little bit. Um, you know, I said last week uh, we were discussing the the signing class and Bryce Young coming in, and a lot of people just automatically pencilling Bryce Young as the starting quarterback next year. and um, one I, I can't wait to see Bryce Young on the field. I, I think he's a dynamic player. I think he's got skill sets in today's offensive college football game that are going to translate very, very well to what Alabama does in the RPO game and the way they use their quarterbacks and the skill position players that they are able to acquire through recruiting. It's going to be phenomenal to watch. So, at one, I can't wait to see that. But I but I cautioned everyone and said, don't just go ahead and pencil him in because Mac Jones isn't just going to roll over and, and give away the job. And I said, in, in the scenario I laid out, I said, what if Mac Jones goes, I don't know, 20 of 27 for you know, 250 to 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, and no interceptions? I said, that kind of performance, not, not lighting the world on fire, not an elite quote-unquote performance when you're throwing to those wide receivers, just a solid performance, doesn't turn the football over, good pocket awareness, keeps his, t- keeps his team ahead of the, the down and distance, doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, administration penalties and other delay games, stuff like that. I said, if he did that... It would be very difficult to unseat him because that means he's put that performance on top of what we saw him do at Auburn, which was a, a, a fairly good performance, even though he had those turnovers for touchdowns. It was a solid performance in that environment, in that rivalry game. And for the second straight game, Mac Jones has outperformed the other team's quarterback. Mac Jones outperformed Bo Nix in the Iron Bowl. Mac Jones outperformed Shea Patterson, a guy with a lot more experience, yesterday. In the Citrus Bowl. So now Mac has, has stacked together two solid performances back-to-back where he, um, he's really earning a lot of confidence. And I said, if that happened, hey, man, he's going to go into the offseason with a ton of confidence. And he's going to be difficult to beat him out. Now, we don't know what Bryce Young is going to be when he gets to Alabama. And uh, he might be the second coming of Tua. Who knows? I'm not going to put that tag on him. I think it's unfair to, to any incoming freshman to put a tag on a young guy, for uh, comparing him to a player who's had an outstanding all-American career at Alabama. It's just, just it, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying let the, let the young man uh, uh, evolve and grow at his own pace. And then, of course, I didn't even take into account what's, what's happening around this Alabama football program right now, which is Tua to Tonga Valoa. Because he might be coming back. And I'm going to write about this on The Athletic today. You'll be able to find it up uh, hopefully later this afternoon or worst case tomorrow morning. But he might be coming back. And everyone I talked to uh, at the stadium on, on Wednesday, everyone I've talked to with good knowledge, no one knows for certain, right? There's no one that knows for sure. But, man, there is an awful lot of optimism. And I mean from people that 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 aren't sunshine pumpers. In other words, people that aren't just taking a message board rumor and amplifying it. I'm talking legitimate people who think there is a really good chance that Tua tonga comes back. And then, of course, last night Tua tweets that he's making his decision on January 6th. I don't know if that will be – via social media. I don't know if it'll be via press release. I don't know if he just uh, has a press conferences, but we'll find out January 6th. But I'm telling you, there is real optimism, real, real, real optimism that number 13 is back for Alabama next year. And if that's the case, who knows what we have? Who knows what we have in terms of uh, quarterback competition in, in regards to how many guys leave? And I don't really get into it too much right now. Because we don't know what the decision is. I think there are, there, are, there are factors that are indicating a lot of optimism for Alabama. And we'll, we'll tackle that when it comes. But just know, I've talked to a lot of people. And a lot of people that don't just, that aren't wearing crimson glasses and believing every message board rumor. And those people are very optimistic. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I just know it's been fun. You know, I, ever since Dylan Moses had that sort of surprise announcement on, on social media this week, it's been fun to watch Alabama fans' reaction. Um, it's, it, it, and I wrote this, it really overshadowed the game. Uh, we, we were in Orlando to cover the Citrus Bowl, and it's a helmet game, right? It's Alabama, it's Michigan, it's two blue blood programs. Normally, that would be really hard to overshadow. It, it it was sort of the game was in the background. I, I, it's hard to even describe. And and maybe you guys can... Maybe I'm feeling one way and I, I don't really have my finger on the pulse. You let me know if I'm off on this. But every person that I talked to this week, V8, if they reached out to me via DM or if they, they text messaged me or, or people that are here in Orlando that I ran into, none of them were talking about the game. None of them were talking about the game. They were all asking about Tua. They were all asking about rugs how many of the juniors are coming back it took over it took over this week and when dylan moses had his surprise sort of announcement that he's coming back alabama fans were fired up man i mean they were fired up and it was really fun to watch it was fun it was one of those events that that sort of play out on social media and i'm on twitter a lot i'm sure a lot of you guys follow me there and i interact with a lot of you there but in in certain moments Sports Twitter can be an awful lot of fun. There are, there are, you know, likewise, a lot of moments covering when you, when you cover a team. It's not very fun because people use you as their outlet for, um, for frustration. And, and sometimes that can not be a lot of fun for me in my personal life. But um, when Dylan Moses returned, just watching the sheer sort of joy that were coming from Alabama fans, it was fun to watch. It was just as a, as, as a neutral observer. Um, of college football, um, just taking myself out of it, just watching Alabama fans have a moment of joy, of unexpected joy, was fun to watch. And now it's sort of building. And then right, what happens after that? So, so Dylan Moses puts out his, his, his announcement via social media. I believe it was on Instagram. And it goes crazy. And then I believe it was the next day, I believe it was the next, maybe it was that night, but I think it was the next day. Alabama, the official Alabama football Twitter account puts out uh, a a GIF of dominoes falling. And it, it wasn't subtle. It was basically indicating, listen, guys, Dylan's not the only one coming back. And so that sort of took on a life of its own. You had people breaking down the numbers on the dominoes. Oh, I saw, I saw one. I saw three. If you if you add them all up, it's number seventy. I mean, just the fun that people are having with this is why we love. It's, not, it's why we love college football. It's been so much fun to watch. But there's a lot of smoke with these juniors coming back. I, I've told you guys who I think coming back, and I'll share with you. I, I think Alex Leatherwood, the left tackle, is coming back. And let me let me caution. I could be wrong because these things are so fluid. These things can change, right? And I've told this to everyone that has approached me about this. And they're asking questions, who's coming back, who's coming back. And I, I sort of tell them, you know, this is, this is where things are headed. But I always caution them with one piece of advice. These guys right now are on emotional high. Alabama was on a bowl trip together. There's a lot of camaraderie. I mean, you ever gone on like a, when you were in high school and you went on a group trip with your boys or um, a youth trip somewhere in your, on your church, just anywhere where a big group of people who you were really close to together, there's an, an emotional high that you get on with that. You're away from home. You're sort of away from your day-to-day responsibilities. The players don't have to worry about school. Um, For the most part, the hard, hard practices are over. They're on a a fun trip with the guys that they bleed and sweat and persevere with. And there's there's a bonding that takes place that puts you on a sort of a euphoric high. So it's very emotional. And then so you're having a lot of fun. You're very emotional, and you're loving your teammates. That can lead to a lot of optimism. Where, where the real decisions get made is when you get back home, and that uncle comes around, and the uncle's in your ear saying you need to go make this money, or you got potential agents trying to 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 you, persuade you, or handlers of agents one way or the other. So I always say, be cautious. You know, don't make too many of your opinions based on a on on a bowl week because. Like I said, it's emotional. You're feeling like you don't want to leave this, right? When you're on a great trip, you don't want to leave your buddies. You want to do this forever. You want to hang out with your boys forever. And then you get back into the the real world responsibilities and things change. It's like, it's like when you go on your family on vacation to the beach, you are having a great time. You're like, why don't we just move to the beach? Why don't we get a place at the beach? It's so why all these discussions happen. Then you get back in the real world and sort of your brain switches back over and you don't ever do anything about it. Right? I mean, everyone has experienced that. That's sort of what this is like. So, when I say he, these are the people I think are coming back, I'm basing this off of, of what I'm hearing right now in this sort of emotional, having a lot of fun week. But I think I think Alex Leatherwood's coming back. I think Devontae Smith is coming back. Right now, we know Dylan Moses is coming back. It, the, the people that they feel optimistic about are Tua, and if Tua comes back, he might by his decision alone might get two or three guys to come back with him. I mean, it's that potentially big of a decision, so. Um, you know, one of those guys might be Xavier McKinney. If Tua comes back, does Xavier come back? Do they make a run as a class and win another national championship? Does Ruggs come back now? Um, Ruggs is going to be one of the fastest players in the country, and then I don't know how yesterday's injury to him affects that. Does it scare him? And from coming away, seeing how quickly he got injured, uh, he got um, he was in concussion protocol yesterday, and um, and so I don't know how that decision weighs out, but. Uh, I think Jedrick Wills is going to go pro. I think Najee Harris is going to go pro. So that's sort of where I, you know, talking to people, and this is just my opinion. These are not facts. I am not reporting this. I am just giving you, the listener to this podcast, what I think right now on Thursday, January 2nd, could change from hour to hour, moment to moment. As I said, wait till they get home. Wait to everyone and their friends and their family have access to them and they're giving their opinion. It's going to get more clouded. That decision that they thought they had made, one way or the other, is going to get more, more, get more clouded. So we'll see how it is. I know Nick Saban met with the juniors after the game yesterday. Nick Saban called the, all the juniors in, the ones that were making decisions, um, in, in the locker room after the game, after his press conference, and he met with them. And he does it every year. This isn't anything new. It's not because this class had nine juniors seek draft uh, grades from the NFL draft advisory board. It's, Nick Saban does this every year. Um, he, he meets with the juniors who are thinking about going pro. He meets with them immediately after the last game of the year in the locker room, and, and they sort of go from there. But what made this one so sort of unique is we got Tua, one of the best players in the country, who everyone had just, just assumed that he was gone. And now he's putting out on social media, I'm announcing my decision, which what implies to everyone, this is a decision to be made. Everyone just to, just automatically assume he's gone. He's telling everyone there's a decision to be made. And inside and around Alabama, there's a lot of optimism that number 13's coming back. And if number 13 comes back on January 6th, you want to be on social media. You want to be on social media because it's going to be an awful lot of fun. It's going to be an awful lot of fun to just sit and watch the reactions and watch you guys have pure joy. Hey, fans, the the athletic college football – is live in New Orleans for the college football playoff national championship. Join us Saturday, January 11th at the house of blues, new Orleans for live episodes of the audible with Bruce and Stu and the Andy Staples show doors open at noon central and the show starts at one. Both shows will feature interviews with special guests and Q and a sessions with some of the brightest minds in college football. Hey, I was just at the house of blues. That's where I spent my new year's Eve. Great food, great atmosphere. You can, Listen, that was in Orlando. Imagine the house and blues in New Orleans. Everything in New Orleans is, is great. So if you're in the area, make sure you stop by for the Athletic College Football Live. Again, January 11th at the House of Blues starting at noon. For tickets, go to theathletic.com slash houseofblues or click on the link of the show notes. Make sure you get your tickets in advance because we're expecting the show to sell out. Again, the story right now with Alabama football is all these juniors. It overshadowed the game. I haven't even talked about the defense. Defense was abysmal in the first half. This is absolutely atrocious. Um, Alabama gave up 135 yards rushing, something like that in the first half. Um, and and it looked like this game was going to be decided because Alabama couldn't get off the field. But in the second half, the defense did not allow a single point. Overall, the defense, while they gave up a lot of yards, only allowed Michigan one touchdown. So they, they sort of had the bend but don't break. But and And Pete golden's under a lot of fire and and rightfully so uh, my only my only thought on that is everyone's saying that Pete golden is trash or horrible. I don't think he's trash or horrible. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not Pete golden's agent. Um, I'm not here to sort of say he's the best thing or that he's even the future of defensive coordinator at on football. I'm simply saying he's not trash. he's not horrible. Those are things that you say in the emotions of a football game, but he's not. But the fact remains, they have taken a big step back. And if they want to win a championship come next year, and I don't care who comes back, everyone in this team could come back next year. If they don't get better on, 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 on defense, they're not winning it. You have to get better on defense for them to win a national championship. Every national championship that Nick Saban has won at Alabama has featured a, a top three defense nationally. Every one of them. 2009, 2011, 12, 15, 17. All top 3 teams are all top 3 defenses ranked nationally and most of them were top 1 or 2. So you got to get better defensively. And whether Pete Golden is the answer, I don't know. I, I don't know. They they played better in the second half. Nick Saban said they went to a dime look and and that was able to help for whatever reason. Believe it or not, Nick Saban said that's how they limited Michigan rushing in the second half. Everyone sort of is blaming Josh Gaddis from going away from the run. Go back and watch it. Alabama went from their traditional three-four defense and took one of their better players off the field, and they made the decision at half to to go to nickel, and they were able to stop Michigan from spilling that run outside. And once they were able to sort of seal the edge and spill everything, and and get the athletes out there over to make the, the plays, Michigan wasn't able to run the ball as much. So, there's that. I'm I'm not here to to defend Pete Golden. I'm just saying he's not trash. He's not horrible. But I don't know that he's the long-term answer for Alabama either. So there will be some decisions that we'll be following now that, the decision, uh, now that the season is over. But for right now, we're on a Watch. We're going to remain on a Watch because it's not just the story around Alabama. It's not just the story around the state of Alabama. It's the story in, national, in college football. It is the story in college football. And you, you want to see some people get mad? You get ready for the takes. Get ready for the takes. The, you know the take masters, the take masters, the hot take purveyors are going to be out in full force if Tua comes back. They're going to be so mad. They're going to blame Nick Saban. They're going to call him reckless. They're going to they're going to call Stu, uh, Tua and his family. They're going to question their decision if they come back. Just wait. Mark it down, I'm saying it. Just just start checking them off. You're going to hear that Nick Saban's reckless with Tua's career for convincing him to come back. As if Nick Saban is the ultimate decider there. You're going to hear that Tua and his family made a bad decision. What is he doing? You're just ready. It's going to happen. People are going to be so and that's the thing. Is that their actual care for Tua, there will be some people out there, but the actual hate for Bama that will fuel this conversation is going to be off the charts. And it's going to be an awful lot of fun to watch. I, I personally can't wait for it. So I'm going to be on Tua watch. And then after that, we go into the then we go into the the coaching. You know, what's going to happen with the staff? But uh, that before any of that stuff really, really starts heating up, the Alabama's got another signing day to get through. I want to thank everybody for listening to an, another episode of 2nd and Twenty Six. Thanks for watching, or actually watching, listening all season long. I greatly appreciate it. Hope your 2020 is off to a great start. We'll catch you again on 2nd and Twenty Six.